If you would, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Good afternoon, everybody. Good to see you. I bring greetings back from Austin, where I was able to speak a couple of times, once on Friday evening and then Saturday morning. And Logan Summers sends his love to this congregation. Logan's got a girlfriend. Logan's got a girlfriend. (laughs) And she's a very, very sweet Christian lady. Well, Adam had to get up and say what he said this morning. Let me say this. When I think of Adam, I think of Timothy. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 24. I know of no one like-minded who will minister to your state. They all seek the things of themselves, but he seeks what is best for the kingdom. He is a proven man of character, and we have been blessed to have him here at Westside for a number of years. And it's my prayer that continues. It really is. Good to have him and Julie with us, and they have blessed us. He not only is a person that has a lot of ability... He is even a better Christian man. And that can't be said about too many of us who preach. He has a lot of ability, but he's an even better person. All right. If you will get the message of 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5, you can get through anything this world throws at you. If you'll take the message of 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5 to heart, there is no doubt in my mind that you'll get through anything that the world has to throw at you, anything the devil might send one's way. Studying the other day, I ran across an interesting statistic. The average American spends over one hour a day looking for things we have lost. Does that sound familiar? We spend, on average, over one hour a day looking for lost things. It amounts to one full day being lost each month. 12 full days being lost every year. Think about that in a lifetime. Looking for things we've lost. 
Paul had critics that said he'd lost a thing or two. Paul had critics that said he'd lost a step. Paul had critics that said that he just really couldn't bring it. Paul had critics that said that there are others that he just ought to be taking a back seat to in his ministry, namely us. They had a problem with pride. And Paul says, whatever their criticisms may be, I have not lost what I treasure the most. You don't have to either. We might lose a lot of things in life, but we never have to lose what we should treasure the most. Our relationship with God. I'm persuaded that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, verses 37 through 39. Paul would say, for to me to live is Christ. He's still passionate about his relationship with God. He's still passionate about his ministry, his service to God and helping others. I know whom I believed. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12. Tonight's lesson is about how to not lose your treasure. You might lose your marbles, but you don't have to lose your treasure. And that's really what 2 Corinthians 4 and 5 are about. Notice how 2 Corinthians 4 begins. We do not lose heart. Go down toward the end of the chapter, 2 Corinthians 4, notice verse 16. We do not lose heart. One doesn't have to lose what they should treasure the most. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And when you treasure the good Lord, things may change a great deal in one's life, but one never has to lose the greatest treasure. Four keys to not losing your treasure tonight. Four keys so that you don't have to lose your treasure, your greatest treasure of all, your relationship with God. You know, people can talk a lot about losses in the last year or so. Losses during one's lifetime. Thank God we don't have to lose our greatest treasure, our relationship with God. Look, if you will, at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Here's the first key. Believe God's Word. How to avoid losing your treasure. Believe God's Word. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Paul quotes from Psalm 116 and verse 10. Psalm 116 and verse 10, a psalm of David when David almost died 
And God blessed him. God came through in this near-death experience. And Paul quotes David and says, That's true with me too. I believe, therefore I have spoken. And we believe, therefore we speak. Paul says... Nothing in all this world is going to shut me up from speaking what God has said. In Acts chapter 27 and verse 25, after a shipwreck and when things were looking pretty bleak in the lives of those that Paul was with, Paul would say, I believe God and it shall be even as he said. Believe God's Word. Take a moment and just go to the first chapter of 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, Paul relates something of his own near-death experience and how God in His grace was merciful and saw him through. Believe God's truth. He sees us through when we treasure Him more than anything in all the world. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're looking at 13 through 18 tonight, but I'll tell you what. Go back to verse 7. Let me paraphrase it. Let me put it in my own speaking, if you would. Paul speaks of being bewildered but not befuddled. Of being persecuted but not abandoned or forsaken. He speaks of being knocked down but not being knocked out. Sometimes I lose stuff. I am bewildered. I feel like I'm being persecuted. And I may even be knocked down as I have an awful lot of frustration trying to find what I've lost. But Paul knows that there are some things that we can really count on, keys for not losing what we should treasure the most. And the first key is God's Word. God's Word. Believe God's Word. God can be counted on. He can be depended upon. Let us commit our souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. 1 Peter 4 and verse 19. Key number 2. Look at verse 14. Believe God will raise the dead. Believe that God will raise the dead. When you treasure being with those that love the Lord, and when you treasure being with the Lord, that promise will see you through an awful lot. 
Believe that God will raise the dead. Paul proclaimed that often. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 18, when he was preaching in Athens to the philosophers and to others, he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. In Acts 17, 31 and 32, Inasmuch as he appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through the one that he's ordained, whereof he's given assurance to all men in that he's raised him from the dead. Look now again at 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 15. The one who raised him, Jesus, will raise us. Death is not final. That is a crucial part of the good news of the gospel. Death is not final. The one who raised Jesus will raise us so that we can be present with him. By this passage, jot down 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18. Maybe write it there in your Bible. Or if you're using uh, digital mediums, you can just put a little note there. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. When the Lord returns, the dead will be raised. When the Lord returns... Those who are alive at that time will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And those that are faithful to the Lord, the text says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Talk about a welcome home. Third, having looked at 2 Corinthians 4.13 and then verse 14, Let's focus on a third key from verse 15. 2 Corinthians 4, 15. In looking at this passage, believe that God is gracious and that all will work out to His glory. How not to lose your treasure. Believe that God is gracious and that all will work out according to His glory. What is for God's glory is for our good. And God is gracious. Everywhere we look, we should see His favor and goodness. That's the kind of outlook Paul had even when critics were trying to diminish his work and his credibility, he believed in God's Word. He believed that God will raise all the dead. He believes that God is gracious and that everything will work out to His glory and that's really going to be for our good and benefit. So we do not lose heart. How can anybody lose heart for long that believes those things? Notice what the text says. 
that more and more respond to His grace. As Paul preaches and he goes about his serving of the Lord, there's an opportunity for more and more people to learn about God and His grace. People may say what they will, he says, about me. But if people come to know His saving grace, if this causes more people to give gratitude and thanks to God, that's fine by me. Because it works out to the glory of God. Sometimes the glory of God may come, it seems, at the expense of us. But the glory of God is always for the good of us. 16 through 18, 2 Corinthians 4. Everybody with me? Here's a fourth key. For how not to lose your treasure. Think of this. Believe in God's grace. And that things will work out to the glory of God and also for our good, our benefit. But look now at 16 through 18. Believe that you need not lose heart in God. Believe that one need not lose heart in God. That is how verse 16 begins. Let me make an observation that shows this. Believe that you need not lose heart in God. Three observations, one from verse 16, one from verse 17, and one finally from verse 18. Observation number one. Value the inner over the outer. The voice of apostolic experience speaks. The voice of a faithful servant of God that was going through a time when, of heat and criticism in his own life, but value the inner man over the outer. Think of the tremendous expense and effort we go to to take care of our whole, the outward. Should we not make an even far greater investment on the inner man, the inner person? Many in this old world, it's about the outward appearance. And sadly, what is within is lacking. That's true even of a lot of Christians, isn't it? What a tragedy. You see, the only life that's guaranteed for you not to lose your treasure is one that keeps its heart focused on God and values the inner more than the outer. Verse 17. Paul says, value the eternal over the earthly. 
How does he describe the criticism that he's been receiving? He says, our momentary light affliction. Terry, that's rich, man, because no matter what you or I go through that might be difficult, it's momentary and it's light compared to eternal condemnation. But this momentary light affliction, the eternal versus the earthly, so value the eternal more than the earthly, works for us a far greater weight of exceeding glory eternally. God sees what we go through. And when we treasure Him through it all, there will be no doubt He will bless us for wanting to be faithful to Him. Verse 18. Paul didn't lose heart because he valued the things that are unseen more than he valued the things that are seen. He valued the things that are unseen more than he valued the things that are seen. Now let me just stop for a second. Go right back with me. Go back to verse 13. And remember what I said about verse 13 as we looked at this passage and Paul tells us how to not lose our treasure. He says, believe God's word. People who do not believe God's word lose heart. Please don't be among that number. Look at verse 14. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14, what does it go on to say? Remember? You got the main point there, Adam? What was the main point, 2 Corinthians 4, 14? Believe that God will raise the dead so sickness and death may come. But so will resurrection and eternity. Verse 15. A lot of people are scared to death of sickness and death. There are things worse than sickness and death. Dying lost. He believed in the resurrection, and so should we. He believed in God's grace and all working out to God's glory. Some people cannot see grace in life. It is said of Barnabas in Acts eleven twenty-two through 24, when he saw the grace of God, he was glad. More Christians need to have that same sentiment. We see God's grace all about us even when things are rough and difficult. And finally, he didn't lose heart. I think a nation has lost heart, don't you? 
I think a world, sadly, has lost heart. But we do not have to lose our treasure. And we have the privilege and blessing of sharing with people who have lost heart the soul-saving message of Jesus. No matter what criticism, no matter what problems may come, let's do just that. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Perhaps someone here has lost heart as a brother or sister in God's family. We would love to pray with you and for you. Maybe you'll want to talk to us about what the problems have been that have caused you to do that. But you don't have to. But if you choose to, that's fine. We would be privileged to pray with you. And for any that are outside of Christ, I want to be able to see God's grace and I want to be able to have heart no matter what the problem is. I don't want to do that. Lose heart. And I want to remember what God says and that he keeps his word. If you need to come to Christ through faith, repentance, and baptism, you'll never have a better opportunity than now. Don't miss this golden opportunity. Let's stand and sing.